um, for those of you who are new or do not come a lot, I normally teach. I enjoy teaching. I'm a teacher. That's what I do. But today I'm not going to teach. Today God has got something, something different in teaching. So I'm very excited to get the message out. Um, The Lord gave me this word while I was in Taiwan for the body, for us, for anyone who hears it. It's for you right now. Um, Just a little bit about our trip. Thank you for everyone that prayed for me and for Tiffany and Nathan while we were gone. Um, Even as Pastor Doug was saying in the the room with the doctor, you could feel the presence of the Lord. So I could literally feel your prayers. Is this very loud or not? Not? Okay. Okay. Uh, I could feel the prayers, literally. It was, everything was done with such ease in Taiwan. So many things happened that just would not have happened without your prayers. So one of the words for glory in the Old Covenant means weighty, to lay on, to be a heavy weight. And I could feel the weight of your prayers on me, on us, while we were away. So... I thank you for that. And I honestly believe because of you praying, God gave me this word. It's really good. But thank you so much for everyone that prayed and helped us just to enjoy our trip and and let God even move. He doesn't only move in America. He moves in Taiwan as well, believe it or not. So while we were there, he was moving. Just one thing that I just came across the whole time during our trip and we know this, is that it is just so important the way you treat people because you never know how it's going to come back maybe many, many years later. We all know that. That's Christianity 101. But there were different circumstances that just happened over and over again where the Holy Spirit was showing me, you see, you see, and I was just, by the grace of God, I could say, yes, thank you, I see, thank you so much because... The goodness of God allowed me to be nice sometimes many, many years back. So we went for supper one night with some friends, and there was a guy who I had not seen him for more than 20 years. And when we sat down at the table, he said, do you remember the last time we met? I don't remember a lot of things that happened 20 years ago while I was DJing in clubs and, and doing all of that. There's, there's, a, there's a big foggy area over those days. So I definitely do not remember the last time we met 20 years ago. But he said to me, you copied a CD for me of your DJing set. And you signed it and you gave it to me. Do you remember that? And I didn't remember it. How small a thing is it? to copy a CD and give it to a bartender who really wanted one of your DJ sets to do that, sign it, and just... And the whole night, this guy took such good care of me and spoke about 20 years ago, you know, this guy did this. Can you imagine if I just didn't pay attention or said, man, you're a bartender, what are you in my life? I'm not going to do this. And seeing him again, what he would have thought or what he would have said. But the whole night, he was 20 years ago, this guy did this and this and this. So God was just saying, just look what such a small little thing in somebody else's life did. So when you treat the person behind the till at Kroger or you're going to the pharmacy or the person who packs your bags, you never know 20 years from now how, how, how you may meet them again and how they may remember that kind act. So all the time, not just God and the enemy, but people are watching 
how we deal with them. Uh, I went to a private party one night. It's amazing how God works. I was supposed to go home with somebody, but this person was not taking me home anymore. So what happened was there was a photographer at this private party taking pictures. It was somebody's birthday, so she asked the photographer to come in and take pictures. So the photographer was going to take me home. So he's taking pictures the whole night. That's what photographers do. And he's just moving amongst the people, talking to nobody, just doing his job, very quiet guy. And it's a private party. Things are happening. It's pretty wild. And he's just there with his camera. So when we leave... We go down into the basement of this building, and he says to me in perfect English, he says, I am quite confused. Now, for someone to have the English ability to say that, and in the right, fra- in the right tense, everything, I was more confused than he was, whatever he was confused about me. So he said, I'm quite confused as we're looking for his car. And I said, my goodness, because the whole time we're speaking Chinese inside. So I said, you speak English? He said, yes, I do. So he said, the people in there told me that you are a pastor. I was, oh my goodness, (laughs) where is this going? (laughs) So I am quite confused because the people in there told me that you're a pastor. So I said, yes, I am. So he said, how? I'm confused because if you being a pastor, how could you be in a place like that with people like that? And I thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing opportunity this is. So in any case, I said to him, that DJ that played the last set from 12 to 1, he said, yes. I said, his son just turned 19 last Sunday. How do I know? Because 19 years ago, I was at the hospital when his son was born. I said, these are my best friends since 1995. So all the drugs, all the women, everything that you saw up there, I did it with them. I was absolutely number one in line with everything that they did. That was me. These were my friends then, and these are my friends now. I said, but how do you know that I'm a pastor? He said, well, they told me. I said, okay. So in other words, in all that darkness, with everything that's happening there, They told you that there's a guy whose life was changed by Jesus. I said, I may be the only Jesus that they see. I may be the only Bible that they ever read. Do you want me not to go and be with them and tell them because of your sin, because of that, Jesus doesn't love you and there's no way out for you? I said, these are my friends. And if nobody other than me tells them, they may not hear about Jesus. That's why. I go to these parties with them. That's why they're my friends. He looked back. He said, I like that. I said, so do I. But can you imagine if, because Tiffany's not there. Tiffany's at home sleeping. Nobody will know. Just me and my friends, and they don't care because they knew what we did together and who I was. And so maybe just... Can you imagine if I, whatever there was, I'm not going to go into details, but did something. And this guy, who is a Christian in Taiwan, which is a very, 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 very small percentage, comes and he sees this pastor from America doing all of these things in the dark. And Holy Spirit was just 
You never know who's watching. Just let your light so shine so that people can see your good work. So when I said to him, maybe they never see another Jesus, he was like, I never thought of it that way. Now I understand why you were there. So thank you for your prayers, even setting something like that up. It was just amazing. When I got into the plane here, uh, sitting down, ready to leave, sat next to a lady, introduced myself. I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing well, but I'm in so much pain. Isn't that an amazing way God puts you next to someone that you don't even have to say anything. They just vomited out that they need prayer. I didn't even have to go fishing or looking. I could just, I sat down. She said, I'm in so much pain. I said, can I pray for you? Where are you? And she had tarpal, that thing. Yeah, she had that. So I could pray for her and all the way to Atlanta, you know, we're talking about Bible verses and whatever. Just that's because of the prayers. I really believe that. So I had opportunity after opportunity to just absolutely have people that needed to hear certain things. So thank you so much for your prayer. So um, the day before I flew out, Chip and Hope Bueller were here, and it was a Saturday morning. They were doing a leadership conference little thing here. And she was talking about 1 Samuel 30, and she was talking about David's men. And I right now am looking for an answer for a very specific, certain thing in my life. And I need to hear from God what to do. So I'm looking for answers. And when she read 1 Samuel 30, the Holy Spirit ignited in me, you need to go to that chapter. That's for you. So when I got home on the Saturday, I started reading. Didn't get anything. Read, read, read. And I've heard before Bill Johnson say, I read the word until I hear him speak. And I don't do it because Bill Johnson says it. I do it because when he said it, the Holy Spirit said, that's good. You must do the same. So now I just read and read and read until he speaks. Because Jesus says in John 16, 30, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will show you. He will tell you. So he does speak all the time. But I think sometimes we give up before we allow him to speak. But he's speaking. So got to Taiwan, read the first day, the first week, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm reading, 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 because I know this is what God told me to do. And then he started speaking. And this is just such an amazing, I still haven't got my personal answer, but this is a word for you and for us. So I know he's going to speak, but this is what the Lord gave while I was there. So let us go look at 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're going to read the whole, almost the whole chapter here. If you have been in church for any time, it should be quite a familiar chapter of the word. So now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burnt it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. And there it was, burnt with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anionam and uh, Abigail, they had been taken captive as well. 
Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. So I can teach there on that part about the soul the whole time. It's amazing, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm really going to stick to what the Lord has. But I think it's so easy for us to read the word. We sit in our nice cushioned chairs with an air conditioner in the summer or the heater in the winter, a nice cup of coffee or tea, and we read and we kind of forget the reality of what the people in the Bible went through so that we have it on the pages. So it's very, very easy to sit in your cushy chair and read about these guys who they've just been with the Philistines, Philistines don't want them, they're going back home, and after three days travel, they arrive there, the city's burning, okay, and then we go to the next verse. But we have to understand, so the distance that they traveled here, because it says here it happened after three days, that means the distance from where they were to Ziglag, you have to cover about 25 miles per day to get to where they were. 25 miles per day for three days. Now, there's no off-ramp here and a big wawa on the side of the desert where they have coffee and tea, and if you're hungry, you go and you... There's nothing like that. You're on camel, you're on foot, you're on a horse, you're walking, it's hot. You have stomach cramps, you have a bad stomach. There's no bathroom. There's, it's just sand. It's desert. You get something in your eye, you stamp your foot against something. I mean, it's, you know, we read it, and it's just so easy when you read it, to read it at home. But for three days, they had to average 25 miles per day. After the Philistines said, we don't even want you here with us. You go away. Now they've got to go home. So now, 25 miles a day, they're going desert, hot, hungry. Now, as soon as they want to get closer to home and they're getting closer, what do you think their minds are starting to think about? When you get close to home after a long trip, how do you feel? Man, the dopamine is flowing and all the good chemicals, and it's so nice because we're going to get home. And who's going to come out running towards you, jumping in your arms? Daddy's home. So it doesn't matter how bad the trip is, Knowing that the wives and the children are there and they're going to come running out, it makes the three days of 25 miles per day worth it. It's okay. We all know that feeling. So how wonderful is it to come around the corner to know here come the kids and, and the food is going to be ready and we're going to celebrate with the family. It's wonderful. But as you come around that corner, all you see is smoke. Now you think, that's not the normal smoke from a little fire that they're making a piece of bread on. That's, that's bad smoke. So they come home after 25 miles per day, and everything is gone. It's burnt. If their wife and children were there, it would still be okay, but they're also gone. So now put yourself in those men's shoes, and now think about the story. Read it again with that in your mind. You're so hot and so bothered. You're so happy to get home because of fam. Nothing worked out as you thought in your mind it was going to be. So now you arrive there and the village is on fire. So here it says, Then David and the people who were there lifted up their voices and wept. 
until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever cried like that before? Have you ever cried? Have you ever stuck your head in a pillow and shouted as loud as you ever could so that no one could hear you? This is what these men, all of them doing together. The only thing is there's no pillow for them to cry. In. There's no soft bed to lie upon. There's no sofa to, it's on the sand in the rocks that they cry out because everything they had is now lost. And they cry out, and the Bible says here, till they had no more strength to cry out or to weep. David's two wives, they had also been taken away. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. Now you get to a place where, I mean, you are so angry, and you're crying, and now there's only one thing to do. And there's whose fault is this? Because someone's always to blame. There's always somebody out there that can take the blame, right or wrong. But we can always do this. And who do we point the finger to? So this time, it, it's got to be David. He told us to go. He made us do that. He forced us. So now it's David's fault. So let's pick up stones and let's, let's stone David. David then strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And the problem I spoke a while ago, and this is sometimes when we need to do that, we rather go to Facebook. We rather go to someone and we talk to them about the problem and we just make our issues worse. Instead of strengthening ourselves in the Lord our God, going to God who not only knows the answer, He is the way, the truth, out of any circumstance and situation. We need to hear from Him what to do. But it's just so much easier while lying on the sofa to pick up the phone or the computer and go on Facebook and talk to people about what's going on instead of strengthening ourselves. Because how much easier is it just to quickly get the answer from somebody else than rather digging your heels in the sand and saying, I'm not leaving this place until I hear what God is telling me to do. So that's what David does. He strengthens himself in the Lord. So, then David said to the, the high priest, he said, bring me the ephod. And he brings it to him. David puts it on. He inquires of the Lord. And he says, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answers him and says, pursue them. For you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, you will recover all. Now, isn't this amazing? That these people, they cried and they wept until what? Until they had no more power. So my question is, how do you go from having no more power to all of a sudden muster up the power to pick up stones and kill someone? That, 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 that doesn't make sense to me. If you have been crying so much that you don't have power, how do you now have power to go and kill someone? Let's find stones, pick up stones, because they had to change what they were thinking about. First, they're thinking about the children and the wives that are gone. 
And now the thoughts start changing to who's to blame for this. And now when you change your thoughts, you change your energy, different chemicals start flowing. Now all of a sudden these people who cried till they could not cry anymore, now they're warriors. Now we can go and kill. The only thing is they want to kill the leader. But now they've got strength and now they've got power. Now they want to stone David. So David realizes he needs help. This is not good for King David. Not king yet, but... He needs help. So what does he do? The right thing. Strengthens himself in the Lord. Sometimes it's actually good when there's nobody around you that understands what you're going through. When there's nobody around you that knows how you feel the disappointments that you go through that can give you the right answer because now, because there's nobody around you, you are gently forced to go and encourage yourself in the Lord. And so many times we cry and we complain because there's nobody here, nobody understands, I don't have friends, who can I go to? And God's like, you're in the perfect place. Here I am. Because there's no one around you, Come to me, you are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. Stop complaining about the people that left and don't understand, and start going to the one who does, and who will never leave you nor forsake you until the end of this age. So David goes to the Lord, strengthens himself, because now all of a sudden these guys have mustered up the energy to kill him after they cried till they had no more power. So David went, but look at the question that he asks as a warrior. Because he can go to the Lord and he can say, was this your will? Uh, What should I do? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. I need wisdom. What does he pray? Should I go and overtake them? Should I pursue them? There's a difference in Asking God, this is what I was born to do. I'm a warrior. So should I go and fight? Or is it just to sit back and say, well, should I just sit here? What? No, he asks a question that a warrior would ask. What's the first thing a warrior wants to do? To go out and fight and get back, which was yours. And you and I are in a war. We are warriors. So our prayers must always be that of, okay, how do I go and take what was taken from me? That which I lost in the kingdom, how do I get it back? What is your will for me? Should I go and pursue? So God says, surely go after them. Not only will you get them, but you will bring back so much more that wasn't yours in the first place. So now he has the word of the Lord, but he has 600 guys who want to stone him. But because he has the word and the anointing of the Lord. He says to these 600 fellows, let's go and pursue them so that we can take back which is ours. And now all of a sudden, David is the leader again. Let's follow David. Let's go. This is a good idea. And sometimes just because we get with the Lord and we get the word of the Lord People that are against us, people who don't understand, they will turn around, recognize the anointing and say, okay, I'm here to help. What are we going to do now? So they go with David and they try and 
pursue these guys who took their wives away. So verse 9, David went, him and the 600 men who were with him, they came to the brook where those who stayed were left behind. David pursued and the 400 men, uh, because the 200 stayed behind, they were so tired that they could not cross the brook. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and they gave him bread and he ate and he let them, they let him drink water. They gave him a piece of cake, figs, some cluster of raisins. And when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong? And where do you come from? He said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the, those people in a territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb, and we burnt Ziglag with fire. So David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will never kill me nor deliver me into your hands or into the hands of my master, and I will take you down. To this troop. This is the word of the Lord to you, to me, to us, to this body, to whoever is listening to this. David at this stage is, is pursuing because he has the word of the Lord. So, what is the word of the Lord in your life? What did God tell you to do? What is stirring on the inside of you that might not be happening in the natural, but in the spirit, you know it's yours. In your heart of hearts, you know this is the word of the Lord, and you are pursuing. So David goes after these people because God told him to do so. So while David is going after these people, they find an Egyptian laying, hiding somewhere there in the field. And they capture this Egyptian, and they bring this Egyptian back to David. This Egyptian has all the information that David needs. This Egyptian knows absolutely everything and some about the enemy that David is pursuing. David is not even aware that the Egyptian is there because his men capture the Egyptian and they bring this Egyptian to David and now David starts asking him, do you know as you pursue that which God told you to do, God has already put an Egyptian in the field for you that has every single answer and some to every question that you have to get to the place you need to be. And you are completely unaware of the Egyptian that is hiding in the field. That's the word of the Lord to you, to me, to us right now. You get the word of the Lord, and you pursue, you go after and you being unaware of everything that God has put in place, these things that are hiding in the bush, 
they will be found and they will be brought to you. David didn't find this guy. David didn't even know that he was there. But God made sure. And God has already provided the answer for the thing that you're looking for. You may not know where it is right now. You may not know how you're going to get to it. But it's hiding somewhere and it will be brought to you so that you can find what you are pursuing because of the word of the Lord in your life. That's good. So David came and he said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he says, don't kill me and, and you know, don't give me into the hands of my master. Now he has another thing here. Did I read it here? Did he say he was three days? Um, I'm a young Egyptian servant of Amalekite. My master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Don't ever just discard of something that may not seem very important to you because information, spiritual revelation, connections, understanding, wisdom, knowledge may be exactly what that person or thing, maybe a company, a job, something. But if it's so easy for you because just a young Egyptian slave, he got sick, I don't care. Not going to look after you, not going to wean, not going to help you, not going to give you water or food. Just leave you here in the desert to die. What happens? That very same thing that wasn't so important to you is the exact answer that somebody else is looking for right now. So be careful of people. Be careful of uh, relationships that are in your life that are just so easy to say, forget about it. I won't need you anymore. And that's the very exact thing that God had put away to bring the answer to that which David was looking for. Be careful before you just throw away something or someone because it's just so much easier than to nurture them, help them, take care of them, maybe give them a day of rest. They were just, this is not important to us. This little Egyptian slave just let him go and let him die here. Don't do that. Be careful what you're so easy willing to throw away. So uh, David said, can you take me to this troop? So he says, yes. And when they had brought him down there, they were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking, dancing, because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Now, once again, these guys are tired. If you go back to the beginning of the chapter, they cried till they could not cry no more. They had no more strength. Then they got to the brook, 200 stayed behind. Now they're going to go to war. And how long did they fight? From this day to the night of the next day. That, that's a lot of fighting. You need a lot of energy. You need to be on your best game if you are going to fight all the hours that they did. And they just came from a burnt village and 
There's a lot of fighting going on here. But look where their minds were now. Look how just one simple answer from a little slave Egyptian can come and give you the answer that can give you so much energy that can say, you know what, I thought this was dead. I thought this was gone. I thought this was over. And God just brings one little answer, one little something from somewhere, one little song, one lyric, one billboard, one news piece. And all of a sudden it's like, that's exactly what I need. And now I'm, Lord, I thought I was going to give up. I was going to give up on you, but now I'm going to fight again. So David, which is pretty smart here, I'm just thinking these guys are, they, they, on YouTube, there's one thing that I love to watch. It, the heading on YouTube is don't celebrate too soon. And they have the most amazing people who celebrate too soon. So you have the cyclist, and he's first in the race, and, and the, the finish line is just there, and he lifts his hand, and he gets a speed wobble, and he falls down, and the second guy passes him. Because he celebrated too quick. And you got the guy running, and he's in front, and there's no one behind him, and he's doing this, and while he's doing this, the guy in second place passes him. And it, it's funny, it's good, laughter is good medicine, go and watch it. This is one thing I will tell you to watch. Go and watch it, it's hilarious. But this is what the enemy was doing. They were celebrating too soon. And what happens is the enemy comes to your life because you're believing for something and now he shows you everything that's not working, but unfortunately for him, he is celebrating too soon. And he's dancing, and here it says that they're drinking and they are merry because of everything that they took. So everything the enemy took from you, he's now celebrating. And you looking in the natural have lost so much. But because you have the word of the Lord to pursue and overtake, they are in trouble. Even though the enemy has everything that is yours. It's not yours anymore. It's theirs. They took it. But they're celebrating. And now they let their guard down. And as soon as the enemy lets his guard down and you are waiting for the word of the Lord, when to go, when to attack, how to do it, everything is going to work out for you. So don't allow the enemy to celebrate too soon in your life and you look at the enemy's party and get depressed. Remember what Pastor Doug said? Uh, only a month to live. That's the enemy's party. One more month. Yay! Let down their guard. And Pastor Doug and us and all of us came and prayed, and, and, and that circumstance has changed completely now. The enemy's not celebrating right now as much as he was whenever there was a one-month diagnosis. So David waits. He waits. So sometimes it, it, it's not easy. There's a word that starts with P. It's all over the Bible. Patience. Patience. I believe where we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I think it's somewhere in there as well. It talks about in the book of James, the brother of Jesus, when you go through certain things, just let it go and just stand strong because when you have got to the end and your patience, it, it's all over the word. 
but we have to learn how to be patient. Even though you have the word of the Lord, it doesn't mean now is the time to attack. Even though you have the word, you have to maybe wait for the enemy to celebrate and prance around and drink and eat and be merry while you lie in the dark with no blanket and it's not nice while they are parting with your stuff. <laughs> They're drinking your wine. They're eating your burger. But you have to wait and you have to endure maybe for a night. Isn't there a scripture that says something about a night, but joy comes in the morning? So the next morning, who has, don't raise your hand, but who has partied all night? <laughs> Let's eat, drink, and be merry. Do you want to battle and fight the next morning when you wake up? Not at all. If you have not, take my word for it. You don't want to fight then. <laughs> Experience. I was there, partied hard all night. And the next day, man, you could send a child to come in and take anything they want because I did not want to fight. So David here says they obviously waited. Now David came, uh, let me see, I just, when they had brought him down there, they spent, David had taken from the Philistines. Then David attacked them from twilight. So in other words, they waited twilight until the evening of the next day. So these guys were finished. They parted, and now David says, when the sun comes up, let's go the next day, and we're going to fight. So there's a time to go. There's a time to wait. There's a time to be patient. But know that when you have the word of the Lord, and he says, pursue, you've got to go after whatever God has put in your heart. Because they could have stayed at the camp, and they could have said how bad, and everything's burnt, and woe is me, and what but he strengthened himself in the Lord and got the word of the Lord. And the word for us today is there is, there is so much in here, but it's time. The word of the Lord is that there is an Egyptian in the field. Just like who has ever heard of a guy called Father Abraham? There is a circumstance in the Bible where apparently the Lord told him to go and offer up his son. So he has the word of the Lord. He pursues the word. He pursues. He does that which God told him to do. And he's going up the mountain with his son. And the, the guys who work for him say, what are you doing? And he says, me and the lad, we're going up to worship. And me and the lad, we're coming back. So he has the word of the Lord. He goes up the mountain. And lo and behold, what does he find in the bush caught by its, by its horns, a ram? So before he had to sacrifice his son, there was an Egyptian already caught in the bush for him. And I can go on and on and on. Jesus says, cast your nets to the other side. What were, the fish were there before they threw the net out. And you can go over and over. When people had the word of the Lord and they pursued, there was already the very, very thing that they needed placed aside for them so that when they pursued the word, 
Only then did they run into or found or receive the thing that they were pursuing. But there is a ram in the bush. There is an Egyptian with all the answer. There is a fish in the ocean. Anything that you need for your destiny to come to pass, it's there. It's already been put there by God. Not now. Not last week. Before Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden. It's not a new thing. It has been placed and set aside for you before Adam and Eve even touched the grass of Eden. That's when it had been put aside. So the word of the Lord is don't give up. Some of you want to start a business. Some of you have lost something. Some of you want to get married. Some of you want to have kids. There are 101 things that we have words from the Lord to go and pursue. But what we might be doing now is watching the enemy party with our stuff and we're getting discouraged. But God says to you, you pursue that thing. You go after it because not only will you recover that which was yours. And if we go into the story, it says that David came back with so much more spoil of the enemy. In other words, you don't just get back which is yours. You get back extra so you are blessed to be a blessing with the stuff that the enemy had that God has set aside for you. It's not the enemy's even though he has it right now. It's yours. That is the word of the Lord for us now. If you go and read carefully the woman with the issue of blood after she touched the hem of Jesus and was healed, the word said she recovered all Go and read that in the Greek. She didn't just get healthy. All the money that she spent the past so many years was also recovered when she got back home. Not just her health. God is not a God of just getting back what is yours. He is a God of my cup overflows. He is the God that goes from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So I'm here today. This is the word that the Lord gave me for us in Taiwan. Pursue the word of the Lord that is in your heart because the answer has already been set aside for you. It may be hiding in the bushes and seem very insignificant to others, but exactly the thing that you need is there and waiting for you. To discover it. If you have a word from the Lord and you were maybe thinking about it's taking too long, I'm going to give up, it's too difficult, maybe not for me, but you know after this message that there's an Egyptian waiting for you and now you have courage to pursue, please stand up because I want to pray for you. Everyone who received this word and knows that the answer is there, please stand up. We want to pray. Look around. Look here. Is this not the goodness of God? That's all this is. And once again, I say this with Everything in my heart, I really believe 
I really believe it's because you prayed. Some of you prayed while we went, and God allowed your prayers to bring forth this message for you. So, Father God, you see your children standing here. And we come, Lord, with faith once again. Your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And today we come as your body. Today we come as your sons and daughters. Today we come as your children. And we say thank you for that thing that you have told us to pursue. Thank you for the Egyptian that's hiding in the field with every single answer and more that I need to fulfill that thing which I am pursuing. Your word says, when you pray, believe that you receive. And right now we stand up and we believe the thing that we are pursuing is ours already. It has been set aside before the foundation of the earth. So we will pursue. We will, Father, go after that thing that you have spoken to us that we know this is from you. So we just come with hearts of gratefulness. Look at all of us standing here, Lord. Look here, Holy Spirit. You knew we would stand today. That's why you gave this word. And we just thank you. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are so grateful. You are so good. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for encouraging today once again so that we will not give up, but we will pursue. And thank you, Lord, for that Egyptian Thank you for the ram in the bush. Thank you for the fish in the net. Thank you for the oil in the jar. Thank you for the garment filled with anointing. And as we go after that, Lord, we will, we will, we will take everything that you have set aside for us. Because once we have that, Lord, we can say, look what the Lord has done. And we do give you all the glory we give you all the honor. We give you all the praise for thine and thine alone is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And everybody says, Amen.